0: Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Sheree Felice, and this week I'm speaking with Elias Argeta, a midfielder who plays soccer for the Taiwan Premier League. Listen in as we discuss soccer in Taiwan and what it's like to be a foreigner playing for a professional sports team in another country. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm here with Elias Argeta. He is a midfielder for the Taiwan Premier Soccer League and he plays for the Taitong FC team based in Taipei. So, Elias, how are you? How are you doing?
1: Uh, hi, thank you for inviting me to. To come to the program. Of
0: course. I think a lot of our listeners are really interested in soccer or football, as many people know it. So tell me, Elias, how long have you been playing soccer?
1: Oh, I have been playing since I'm around six years old. Since I'm a little kid, I was always wanted to be a football player, so finally I made it.
0: Okay. And where are you originally from?
1: I'm from Honduras, Central America.
0: And is soccer a big sport in Honduras?
1: It's the main sport.
0: Okay. Did you play professional soccer while you were in Honduras?
1: I came to Taiwan. I was 18, so I was in the second level there, like second or third level.
0: Okay.
1: And that's not entirely professional yet, but it's just one step to be professional. But then I came to Taiwan, so I I couldn't go there. What I did do is I was in the national team, on the 12th national team back home. Okay. So...
0: So they were, yeah. like, recruiting you at a young age. They had noticed you, and they had started to recruiting into camps and what you're describing as young growth organizations.
1: I actually, well, since I was seven, I was part of the, in my country there's, uh, let's say, 10, ten professional teams in the first league. And the biggest team in the country, they have their youth. System so they have teams from six years old until the first division team right so every let's say u six u eight under six under eight under ten under twelve there's always a team like that, so I was part of that of that team since I was six, so I was part of the u eight u ten u twelve u fourteen until i came to the almost second league so I was part from that team from little kids so it's hard to get into that team because everybody wants to play there.
0: Right. So it's like in the United States, soccer isn't big. So basically when you're a kid and you want to play soccer, anybody can join. But when you get to countries like England, Honduras, Brazil, places where soccer is really a very serious and popular sport... What you're describing, not anyone can join, right? You need to be selected, you need to be recruited at like yeah. the age of six to be able to play yeah, for these teams. Exactly. Okay, I see. So they basically saw you, saw that you had this talent and you were recruited to play.
1: Exactly. It's like an academy to train you to get professional.
0: So you arrived in Taiwan when when you were eighteen. Why did you come to Taiwan? Well, the main
1: reason is a future playing football around here in Asia. Okay. But then Uh, My brother was in Taiwan, too. He was studying here. Okay. So my friends told me, like, you know, why just don't go there, try to see if you have a chance to play somewhere in Asia, and then study while you find that. So I just decided to take the risk, come here. And that's how I started to live in Taiwan, study here, and then eventually find a team and play.
0: But, like, ever since you were six years old, you have been being recruited in Honduras. So... Did something happen when you were sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen, where you realized that you didn't have a future playing for the professional leagues um, in Honduras?
1: Yeah, I kind of realized here. I mean, it's very difficult to get to the first team. It's right. really, really difficult. So, right. and at that time, I was like, let's say, uh, shorter, skinnier, and I don't know, slower than other people from my age. Right. So. I don't know. They have a little bit more advantage than me in some in certain points. Also, some of them went to the other national teams like U17, and that that gives them a lot of advantage. Of course. So at some at that point, I was like, okay, maybe just uh, let's go another, another place where I can feel a little bit more appreciate what with my skills. Because back home, the skills they require most at that time is being strong and fast. And I was not strong and fast,
0: so. Okay. Just yeah, it's like you hadn't reach. you hadn't hit your growth spurt yet. You hadn't hit your your prime yeah. yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. So, so you moved to Taiwan, and tell me, because soccer is just now starting to become more popular and more popular. So, how did you find? the premier team here, how did you try out for them? How did you make this your full time job?
1: Okay, for first of all, when I came to Taiwan I stayed here for three months. But then I went to China. Oh. And then China do have professional football. Right. And I was trying in a team in the so There is Honduran player in the in that team. They were the champions at that time I think. And they someone contacted this guy from my country and I uh, so I can go there I and mean, make a trial. But at that time, I mean, Chinese football, they, they require, or I mean, the, the owners of the teams want really, really, really famous foreigners, like people who already played in Europe for many years. They, they hire them, give them a lot of money, and that's like, it's good news for them, like ad, uh, advertisement and things. So I was 18. They really didn't care about me. So even if I had a, a good level to play there, but I was just too young. And I was okay. unknown, so I, I had at, at some point I decided no, maybe it's time to go back and not playing football anymore, and just came back to Taiwan to study. And for the first two years, but when I came back, actually my brother was playing in the university team. He he played at like a amateur level at that time, and so when I decided to come back, I asked him, can I train with you guys so I can keep fit. And she said, "Yeah, it's okay. The, that wouldn't mind. Uh, the coach wouldn't mind." So as soon as I get there, the first week, the, the coach of the university team tell me, "Hey, you need to you need to come to the university. I will make everything possible so you play for us." So he find the way to take me inside the university, and I started to study in that school because this guy was really hoping I like, could play with them.
0: So basically, you impressed this guy so much that he was like, we need you in this university now, um, so you can play yeah, for us. Yeah, something
1: like that. Okay. Then he kind of helped me to get scholarships to study there. So.
0: Okay, what university is it?
1: It's the National Tsinghua University.
0: You play in Taipei. Do you have your own stadium? Home,
1: our home ground is uh, Taipei Municipal Stadium. That's... Just right. right next to Taipei Arena. When yeah. you
0: play a game, about how many people show up? I would say maybe
1: 100, a, a it depends on the game. If it's the highest game, the Thai Power team against us, maybe 300, 400 persons will go, maybe. In, in general, people don't go to the stadium in, in Taiwan to watch football.
0: About how many seats does that uh, stadium fit?
1: 20,000.
0: Oh, okay, so to 400, it doesn't look like that many people are there. Nope, when you're playing.
1: it looks empty.
0: You've been playing for four years. Do you see that amount of people growing every year that you've been there? Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay, so it's definitely a growing in popularity, you would say. Yes,
1: by a lot of kids, little by little, start to come.
0: When is the normal season?
1: We start on March.
0: Okay, and you play until when?
1: Until November.
0: Okay. That is probably the hottest time in Taiwan. Soccer is a very physical game. I mean, you're running back and forth, back and forth. I mean, heat stroke is, I would say, a big risk. How does Taiwan prevent this from happening? Is Taipei Municipal Stadium and are the stadiums that the other teams play for, are they indoors? Are they air conditioned or are they outdoors?
1: You just touch a very good point that I I would say it's something for me very critical and that they still haven't addressed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But the stadiums are not indoors. None of them. They're all outdoors. Some of them, they're very small, so they don't even have a big stand.
0: Right.
1: And sometimes it's a bit too hot. We The games play at 4 p.m., so it's really hot sometimes. It's...
0: Of course. Like, right now, we're going through the hottest year in history. And right now, at 4 p.m., it's like sometimes the temperature could reach 38 degrees. So oh, well, you could potentially be playing in 38 degrees, which is not safe at all.
1: It's, it's not safe at all. Actually, we practice at 4 p.m. every day. So what? It, do- it doesn't matter for them.
0: It doesn't matter. Are they so, m- making moves to change this, or no? Uh, I don't know, because... Uh,
1: since I came here every year, they play at the same time. And I think some people, I, I guess some foreigners have told them, like, hey, why you just don't change the format and start to play from, I don't know, September or op- October and start and finish the season in, I don't know, June? Yeah. Maybe. So you don't play in the heat. And that that will just, for me personally, I would think this will improve the level of the league because people would not be extremely tired and maybe change the time of games at 6 or 7 p.m. Problems they have encountered, I think two problems they have. It's one that inside the league there are still university teams, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the university teams, they compete in the university league, and the league is, the university league is in winter, I think. So they have some period of time that they don't want to interrupt the university league. I mean, for me, this doesn't really make sense because the league, need to be the priority, not the university. I don't know if they have addressed that problem or not, but, I mean, it's a big, big issue. And also, they should, I mean, they should change the time so the the players feel less tired, and not only less tired, less risky to the health of the players, I think.
0: Has anyone Uh, that you know suffered from heat stroke or any um, debilitating factors as a result of playing in the heat?
1: Until now, I don't know, but I heard my teammate told me that one time, like maybe three years or four years ago, he saw someone just fainted in the uh, in the heat because before they even play at noon.
0: Oh, my like, God. Uh,
1: now they change it. Now everybody plays at four, so nobody plays at noon. So, But still, four is a little bit hot.
0: Right, and I mean, you come from a hot area. Honduras is not a cold country. But how have you been affected by the heat personally here?
1: I'm used to a little bit of heat because I also train at 4 p.m. and I play games at 1, 2, or 3. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the same level of hot.
0: No, definitely not. It's hot
1: there, but it's not not as hot as here.
0: Right. And so, how have you physically been affected? Or have you been physically affected?
1: Well, let's say exhausted after training. Like, I feel uh, sometimes when it's really, really hot and really intense training, I feel a little bit dizzy. Or I'm, I'm like uncomfortable the whole day
0: mm,
1: but see. apart from that i think no not
0: wow you've informed me a lot about soccer and taiwanese culture regarding soccer and i thank you so much for this interview and the time that you've given me
1: thank you for letting me be part of this interview
0: that's it for this week's episode of taiwan talk I'd like to thank Elias again for joining me. If you'd like to hear more, head to www.icrt.com.tw. And don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode. As always, remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Sheree Felice.